I think working with Lil Nas for Old Town Road, like that was kind of like a weird moment for me because I didn't really know how to approach like the new generation and like how they, you know, looked at music videos. I remember we had this one scene where this like this little girl is dancing, right? And like, you know, he wanted that scene, but he wanted it to be like five seconds because that's how long like the Instagram loop was or, or whatever, or TikTok, whatever was the thing at the time, like, that's how long the loop was. So he wanted it to be five seconds exactly so he could take that and, like, make it a meme and make it a sound. And so, like, at the time, I'm like, yo, I don't know what you're talking about, bro, but whatever, you know what I'm saying? But it ended up being, like, a part of his marketing to, like, you know, take that moment and make it even bigger than it already was at the time. Oh, Lord, Jensen made another one. Hey, what's going on, y'all? I'm your host, Brandon Jinx Jenkins, and welcome back to another episode of the Rap Caviar Podcast, which you can watch exclusively on Spotify. This week, we're diving into one of my favorite aspects of the culture, and that's the music video. Discussing its evolution through the years, the role it plays in present day, and to do that, we got some of the art form's best auteurs. So first up, we got Calmatic. What's up, brother? How you doing? What's up, man? Next up, we got Cole Bennett. Happy to be here, man. Thank you. And of course, we got Director X, man. What's going on? What's up? This is, um, this is like, a big deal for me having everybody in one room in my mind i always imagine there's like a music video director clubhouse i guess there really isn't one so is this the first time you guys have all been in the same room together oh yeah 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 definitely i mean i feel like i've seen this dude's name everywhere for like the last five years and didn't even know what he looked like until like two years ago until <laughs> the cease to see him in person it's, it's pretty dope man so actually i want to start with you first um what do you feel like is like your breakthrough moment because i think for a lot of the audience we might see uh the biggest video and a whole new people, a whole new swarm of people come to you, right? Um, or for some of us, you guys have made so much work that it's kind of blurry and we're trying to figure out where it was that you guys became household names. So do you remember for you what felt like your breakthrough moment, whether we got it or not? Oh, yeah. I, I was clearly red man, I'll be that. Dog. It's crazy that you Dog. did that. All right. <laughs> but, yeah. Like, How do you even do that? There's like, a clear before and after on that, you know, and that was the back in the day. The, for a music video director, the game was, you could be doing good work, mm -hmm. but you had to keep work, you had to just keep doing your best, and then somewhere along the line, hopefully you'll hit a hit record, at least a proper record, that's going to get that play. And that's what opens the door for you. Okay. You know what I'm saying? I mean, you all have to say what, it, in this day and age, without the one, you know, because we all looked at the television. Yeah. Everyone's, and they put the director's name on the screen. Yeah. So yeah. it's a big video. We're all loving it. You see the name. Mm -hmm. Everyone has it on their offices and the record labels. It was just a different machine back then. Now you have independence, so many different, it's just, it's, who knows what the hell's going on now? Before we go forward though, I'll be that is fucking crazy. Like, so what's the thought process of the bike scene where she's riding exactly. the bike and she runs into the back of the car? Red wanted to do um, that scene from Wayne's World. That's a Wayne's World inspired. I don't know if you all remember Wayne's World, but yeah. they're yeah. playing hockey and they crash, so he wanted to do the Wayne's World thing. Crazy enough, man. I remember when I think about that, it's the serendipity. I know you've, the, being in this business enough, you'll begin to believe in God by the way things begin to just kind of work out. And that stunt wouldn't be doable. Our, one of the people in the art department had an old car that had, you know, you have your bumper, mm -hmm. then it had these two rivets that come out. I can't even remember what those, like a bumper on a bumper. Yeah. So she oh, could I know actually. What you're talking about. Yeah. 
if she, that was not the person we had hired, if that car wasn't on set, all that wow. that stunt wouldn't have been able because you have you see had to jam the thing in. Yeah, it, just when you're imagining it, there's a lot of things. Oh, we'll do it. And you just hit the thing, and you jump. It hits and slides. It's rubber on metal. It would hit and slide, and we couldn't. It just wouldn't work. It's that bumper. Just all the little invisible things that have to come together for things to work Bruh. was a. Uh, yeah, that scene, just the sound design of that. Her, I, I can hear the, her head hitting the car. I can hear that shit. <laughs> the slow motion, them waving. Yeah. Oh my god, classic. It's such a fun video. Um, I'm curious for you all. Same thing. Like, what do you feel like your breakthrough is? Um, for you, Cal. Yeah, I mean, I think like Old Town Road is obviously the biggest video I've done. But I think for me, my breakout moment was the work I did with Anderson Pack. Mm-hmm. You know, I feel like I kind of caught him at a really good time where he wasn't really you know, a popular artist, but he had like a big, you know, backing behind him, you know, with the Dr. Dre sign and everything. So we were able to kind of sneak in like a really high budget video, you know, for a kind of an unknown artist. And so Mm. for the video bubbling, you know, that was the video that just kind of like everything I've ever had on my reference board, every like Tumblr (laughs) image that I ever had, I was just like, let's just do it. It helped my career out in more ways than one. I think it it allowed um, people outside of the music video world to see my work. Mm -hmm. You know, I got a lot of commercial work out of that. You know, I got a lot of meetings with, like, movie studios because of that video. And then, you know, Old Town Road just kind of took it over the top. So, you know, I, I would definitely point at the collaborations with Anderson Pack for that. When you think about that video, what do you feel like is the thing that makes so many people respond to it? Is it just all, is it combining all the references? Is it that sweet spot of, like, the right artist, right time, you know? Yeah, I think, obviously, Anderson Pack is just, like, a, a perfect artist when it comes to, like, performing. But to, to throw in the element of, like, the, the unlimited ATM machine and just kind of thinking about all the scenarios in which could take place with that, I think it just kind of, it just kind of, like, reminded us of, like, those old Busta Rhyme videos from the 90s and, like, mm-hmm. you know, a million different scenes and not just, like, two scenes cutting back and forth. Like, we never went back to the original, to any other scenes. Like, everything was a new scene, you know, every four bars. And yeah. so I think, like, it just kind of reminded people, like, this can be done in this generation, you know, on a high level. Um, Cole, for you, man, I think it's interesting because um, I was talking to someone and they were calling this, the, they were calling the era before yours, like, the dark ages of music video. <laughs> and it was like, you rent the Camaro, you you get your boys out, you light your blunt, and that's it. And it's like the two scenes, right? It's like the like like early blog era is mm-hmm. this. This is like maybe like 07 to like 2012. And that was the music video. I thought it was cool because it brought all these new voices to the to the screen. But there's something you did afterwards where it felt like you you were coming up in an industry where it was kind of independent. At the same time, you're a part of a bigger platform, Lyrical Lemonade. So what does your breakthrough look like, especially after coming after an era where that... That started to become really formulaic for a lot of artists. Well, I'll, I'll start this off by saying, uh, you know, I think AZ Production and D Gaines, uh, two videographers from Chicago. Yeah. Uh, I mean, they really, they really paved the way in terms of like picking up a camera, running around the city, and like shooting whatever. However, and uh, they were really big inspirations for me, and uh, that running gun style, DIY style. But you know, I think it's just about. I, I think. It's just about getting out there and doing it, and I and I think that you know that was like the whole DIY approach is you know it's just we're just kids with cameras running around shooting what we can. Um, I did this video for uh, Famous Dex, uh, who's one of my dearest friends, um, changed my life. Uh, he's a Chicago artist, and that really you know started to get like eyes on me beyond Chicago, and um, 
you know, really, really changed a lot of things for me. And then I'd say like at a major scale, when I did the Godzilla video for Eminem, that was, that was like, okay, like he's, he's here. You know yeah. what I mean? Like he, he's, he's really serious about this and he's, he's, you know, he's here to stay. There's been a large discussion, at least for me on my end, about the role the music video plays in present day. Um, I'm at a point where I kind of saw at least a portion of the evolution, especially the hip hop music video, like it looking like an actual movie. I think about like Puff doing, you know, uh, uh, Victory, which is like, you know, six, seven, eight minutes all the way to present day where music videos are coming out a lot quicker. Um, this technology is changing. So for all of you all, um, what do you think the role of the music video is today um, for the audience and the artist? I don't know what that role is. I feel like, you know, the way we digest media has changed so much that I'm not sure what the value of a music video is, except to like, you know, really drive home a certain point or to like make a song bigger. Mm. I feel like it, it used to be the other way around where like the song kind of, or the video kind of introduced the song and the artist to the world. But I feel like now it was just to kind of like, you know, put a stamp on it or drive the point home. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, the song WAP comes out and everybody loves it. And then the video takes it to the next level. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. I think as, as the years go on, uh, the what a music video means um to an audience uh just to, to media in general um forever changes but i think the idea of a music video it just it it brings you closer to an artist it, it builds a identity for them and it gives them an extra layer that you might not see just through the music um right now music videos are in an, in an interesting place because you know we have things like TikTok and all these different ways to consume media and the attention spans of the audience is, is uh, shortening by the day, it seems. Um, but music videos are one of those things I feel like they'll always be around because it does create that identity and, and, and builds a lot of character for an artist and makes the audience feel closer to it, to an artist. You know, you have examples like WAP, obviously. Mm -hmm. You know, that was just two years ago. I mean, that took that song to, to new levels. Yeah. Um, and, you know, moments like that prove that music videos are still very powerful. And it, it just adds an extra layer and uh, it allows, you know, a fan base to get to see their favorite artists in a different light or, you know, you get to, you know, like what, what X did with the Life is Good video, you know, you get to bring these these superstars, um, you know, out of their shell and, and put them in, you know, different situations and the audience gets to really appreciate that. And I don't know, I, I think there's a lot of layers, but I think music videos are still very powerful um, and will continue to be so. Yeah, I think it's, I think it's like you're saying, like... For at the minimum level, your fans will come see it. Yeah, right. So you, this is you engaging with your fans. I think you can never kind of rest on that, though. Ah, it's just gonna be my fans. I can do. I can do a fuck off video because if the stars align, you might get a life is good, or you might get a WAP, or you might get a Hotline Bling, or you might get a This Is America. Like, you still gotta. Even if the only people are gonna see it are your fans, fuck it. I mean, that's a great investment. Yeah, you know what I mean for them to get that much deeper into you seeing you all that but again the stars align and motherfucking cnn is doing a story on your music video yeah you know yeah. what i mean like have have you seen it change over the years and just in the conversations maybe you're even having with artists right because it's always weird to me where there's so many things i really loved as a kid and i didn't realize how much they had to do with like just commerce right like that it being like a music video being a great way to uh, a great promo item and being like we got the budget we're looking at his promo as a kid to me it's just all art Right, like it's all I ever understood it as. It was all art back in the day too. Even even when you're talking to the record label, mm -hmm. right? It's yeah, you needed to do it, but it's you know we're a bunch of especially the back then. I mean, I'm I'm grown now, but we were all in our twenties and wiling the fuck out and 
being given way too much money for <laughs> <laughs> way too much. the budget it was insane but like that that was it because we were competing against the rest of television we didn't quite look at it. It was later that we looked at it like, oh, shit, we always thought we were competing against other videos. Damn. No, you're competing against everybody, yeah. right? So, you know, the videos are big and they're exciting. And you would hear people say things, I didn't like that song until I saw the video. Mm. That's something television was able to do. Um, but now we're in another, we're just in another side of it. Do you feel like the switch of platform has changed the art that you're making, right? Like, I think about um, BT, MTV, even VH1. Like, one, I couldn't stop and pause the video. So I'm like, it's such an arrival for me to, like, just get there and, like, watch it, right? And knowing that, like, I got, I hope that they play the whole video. Like, I used to hate when the video would go number one on um, on one six in Park because they'd actually play a shorter amount of the video for some reason. Yeah. So I would always, like, two to That was me. commerce. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They're like, ah, uh, now it's time for some ads. Yeah. But I used to feel like, you know, um... I don't know. I'm wondering, does that change the art form of like knowing it's going to be on YouTube, right? Or in today's world, um, pushing it to TikTok, right? And be like the platform. Um, it's not something that's really just sitting in a block on an hour and being like, all right, this is your chance to watch it, right? Or getting in the loop on MTV from like 10 p.m. to 4 a.m. So do you guys feel like, um, even for you, it's like from YouTube to TikTok, mm -hmm. does that change your art? Um, I think, I'll, I'll speak on YouTube. I think... YouTube and, and being able to go in there and pause and, you know, look at still frames and things of that nature allows, you know, a lot of a lot of playback value to things and allows, you know, directors and artists to kind of have fun with what they're placing in music videos and different interpretations that it can carry because you're able to, you know, watch it 15 times in a yeah. row. So I think that's actually um, a great thing uh, for the art. And then, you know, the whole TikTok thing, I'm still trying to understand, uh, you know, how music videos play a place in that. But just like anything, you know, um, you know, someone does a podcast, a music video comes out. I mean, that then gets cut cut up by so many different people and then spit all over TikTok. So yeah. we're still kind of understanding and, and realizing what that impact looks like, because that's really, you know, all like third party in the audience kind of taking it and running with it and doing their own thing. So, yeah, um, you know, that could be gauged so many different ways. Something you were just saying about the playback. Um, I'm curious for any of you all, knowing what that, knowing that feature's there, like, it's my favorite thing about YouTube where I said this to someone, I can't believe everyone doesn't do it. I just watch all my, I watch every video at half speed. Like, sometimes I watch a music video first at half speed. Mm -hmm. um, Never done that. Goddamn. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, to me, it's just like, one, um, I'm a Chopped and Screw fan, so I just, everything to me sounds better slower. But also, you just see frame by frame or you see different Easter eggs um, the music video director's putting in. So, mm -hmm. are you working that into, like, your art form, knowing that, like, like, do you have an example of, like, here's something I hid in a video for that psychopath yeah. like me that's watching it at 25% yeah. speed? Yeah, I, I actually hide a character. Uh, his name's Lenny. I hide him into all of my music videos um, for the audience to go and find him. But I usually make him, you know, tiny. I'll blend him into something. I'll make him pop out. It'll be in there for a frame or two. Um, but uh, that's something I've, you know, j just a fun thing I do to communicate with, with, with my audience and just, you know, let them have that different element and layer of the video beyond just listening to the song or watching the video but you know now it's a game yeah um so that's something i've been doing for probably three years now i put them in a, all of my videos and then you know that's also like you know watching that half that 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 half speed i you know there's some videos where you know there's a roto mistake or I, you know there's one frame where i fuck something up and it kills me man so man, and i can't even look at the video the same way but the feeling you know, never goes away by the way oh. <laughs> for decades you'll be feeling that way oh, <laughs> you'd probably be looking at classics like oh yeah yo i'd be yo bro sometimes there's one thing when you hear the voice tell you while you're on set like <laughs> the, the door 
but you don't listen. So you're like, I knew it. But there's the, the ones that you never heard nothing. You just you never heard the voice, nothing. You just see it like, oh damn, that would have been better. You know what I mean? Is there one that's still haunting you from a video that we'll know? Like you're like, oh, this one is the one where like I see it still. Um the one that I had, like I didn't realize it till a good twenty years, almost twenty years later. R. Kelly, I know R. Kelly's been canceled, but uh, we did a video for Toying and Toying. Mm-hmm. Oh, right? my God. Toying, yeah. Toying wow. and Toying. Remember yeah. Toying Everybody remember that one? I do. So, <laughs> remember those two ninjas that are fighting? Yes. <laughs> the ones in white, ones in black. Those are actually identical twin brothers. <laughs> and then one day I'm just looking at this clip I made of just the ninjas fighting, and then I realized they should have taken off their fucking masks at the end. And revealed that they're uh, twins. Damn. And now, uh, just. <laughs> but I didn't even have a hint of this. I didn't even have a thought. It just literally decades, decade plus later, I go, oh, I, I could have. That would have been crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, just letting y'all know it never goes away. It gets worse, actually. So, <laughs> I'm curious for y'all. You know, you guys have mentioned some like really powerful names. Um, how important is the collaborative process when you guys are making um, these pieces of artwork? Because I imagine there's some. There's got to be some artists who are like, yo, I'll just, I'll show up. You tell me what you want me to do and I'll stand there and do the thing. But um, the nature of a lot of your work seems like it is, you guys are bringing so much of the personality out of the person that you're working with or pushing them to new levels. So um, what's, what, how, how valuable is that collaboration between yourself and the actual artist? I think it's everything. The, mm-hmm. the more they're involved, the better the project. It's, you know, back in the day, I remember you know, when there was labels and all that stuff really in the mix sometimes they complain about their artists oh their ideas are so bad oh you almost get into this like they're, like they're an annoyance mm. right and but anytime I think back on even ideas I didn't agree with if I didn't do it I regretted it later really yeah I think you did that interview where they bring this thing up as well um, my quote I was talking about this it's it's their thing. Even if it's a bad idea, their fans like their music. Their music is filled with their bad ideas. So whatever it is, that's them. You're here to put them on screen, right? So <clears throat> even just on the level of this is what I want to do. But the more artists involved, the more they're in there about the clothes they want to wear, the dance they want to do, the scene they want to do. It's their thing, right? This, this is, in a music video, as far as I'm concerned, the only person above my creative is the artist, Mm. managers I'll, there's things people you listen to so especially so long as they're within their realm but the artist it's their thing they're the one that they're the one who's really going to walk away with this they're the one that the world's going to see and associate with the project for the rest of their lives so that that's the the key for me the more the artists can be involved the better and then when they're not i mean and if you're not you're not and then it is what it is i would suggest for any any new artist, take the time, team up with your director. Because that was another thing in the in the label age. Some labels didn't want the director close to the artist. They were playing power games. Right? Oh, so say, if you're a video commissioner, their power came from their middlemanness. Oh, okay. So they didn't want you. They, they tried to keep you away as much as possible. You talk to me and then I'll talk to them. We don't really live in that age anymore. Right? So if you can, I mean, artist, director, Ideas, concepts, clothes, get together, have the fun, and then make. Because look, we're making music videos, bro. If they're not fun, process, then what are we? Yeah, right? yeah. You know what I'm saying? What are we doing? Who's um? I mean, you guys have a lot of repeat collaborators. I think across all of you. Uh, for you, one of yours would be Drake. Like, what's that? What's that creative partnership like? And can you think of like a 
I mean, there's several projects. Can you think about one where you're like, oh, this is like, we work so closely together on this and these are ideas that came up, whether it's from him or me, and this is what you guys saw. From the beginning, it's been like that. Like the first time we even did a video, uh, Heifer. And I say, hell yeah, hell yeah, hell yeah. Fucking right, fucking right, all right. And we say, hell yeah, hell yeah, hell yeah. Fucking right, fucking right, all right. I remember he called me and he's actually, yo, videos don't really mean anything anymore. So here's a concept, right? He, he, he. He definitely likes to have a concept or work hard to come. Now he'll, he'll, he'll take time, right? It took a long time to, like, falling back. We might just change it. We had a whole other thing. We were working for months on a falling back concept, and then after we did Wait For You, we mm. said, ah, funny, let's do something funny. You know what I'm saying? And we, we spun it. So it's, it's everything, as far as I'm concerned. Taking the time to come up with a concept that you makes you go like, oh, yeah, that's it. Let's do it. Yeah, yes, there's a thing for the world. There's, you know, we're making stuff for an audience, so there is a balance. There's always some thought of what the audience is, but it can't be for them. You feel what I'm saying? Yeah, for you all. Um, collaborative, like, it could be repeat collabs, but also just, like, collaborative partnerships that you think have been really fruitful in your careers. I mean, for me, it was uh, the group Overdose that I started off with. Yeah. It was like a group of four, you know, my friends from L.A., and they was just like, at the time, we was all broke, and they just did, they never said no. So I would just, like, use them as my guinea pigs, like, <laughs> yo, would it would be crazy if you just, you know, jumped off of this car and, like, did a backflip, <clears throat> and they would do it, you know what I'm saying? Or, like, let's go film this scene in this, um, in this, in this weird vacant lot at three in the morning, they would do that. And I think they kind of allowed me to kind of sharpen my sword and test things out and kind of, you know, just experiment. And I think, you know, it's always great to have artists who don't really question, you know, what your ideas are. I think, like, that's also part of the collaborative, uh, what makes a collaborative process, like, easy is if they trust you. You know mm. what I'm saying? I think, like, a lot of times, you know, a lot of my best videos are, like, videos where, like, I sent them the first cut and they were like, yeah, that's it. But I feel like once you get into it where they want to see the footage and they want to, like, select, like, certain clips that make them look good, that's when it starts to kind of dissolve and, like, you don't even really want to do it no more. You know what I'm saying? So I think, like, you know, working with people that don't question you and and and, and understand that, like, you know, as directors, I feel like we all start off as, like, fans and, and students of the culture. Word. Right? Like... Watching his videos, I know what a, a dope music video should look like. I know how an artist should be lit. I know what they should be doing with their mannerisms. And so it's like, trust me, like, I'm here to, like, help you. I'm your your tutor, so to speak, like, your your, your vibe swag tutor yeah. to, like, make sure that you look dope. You know what I'm saying? So I think as long as there, there's trust there, then I think that's when you get some of the best results. Yeah. Cole, I saw when he said... um the part about like picking the best scenes, you kind of like you acknowledge that. Like, mm -hmm. is that a thing? Do you feel that or like? Um, uh, I I just you know I, I do believe in the collaborative process, and you're always gonna get a better product when you're working closely with the artist. I think there's a, a line though. You know, I think like when you're in the post process and an artist is like, oh, I don't like how I look in this angle, but it's it's not like a creative uh, opinion. It's it's you know they don't like ego. Yeah, it's just like if we can remove like the the idea of your appearance and like look at it as a piece of art, mm. you know, and kind of think about how it can live out in the world. Because once an artist, you know, 
you know, they want to see every shot, and they're not even looking at the shot. They're just looking at how they look in the scene. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, that's that's where I, I feel a little bit, like, I, I take a step back from the project because we're no longer in it to make, like, a good product. We're, you know, but I understand that as well. You know what I mean? These yeah. Put, putting their money into it and their time, and, like, they want to look good. They want to feel good. But uh, I personally enjoy working with artists that, like, you know, really understand, you know, what's what's best for the video and and you know are, are able to kind of step into to different territories and be comfortable with that my most fruitful relationship would have to be like juice world you know just because mm. working with him at a very early stage in his career and getting to watch him grow into what he became was really exciting for me and just us learning together you know like there's this one thing he would always do on um, performance shots where he, he'd be looking at the camera but like every four or five seconds he would like look off for like half a second and then come back to the camera and that was just one of those things where like you notice those little those little tweaks and like you work with them and now i'm paying attention to different things on set you know what i mean and uh we just worked so closely and had such a close friendship and you know you just collaborative you know relationship where like we could work through those things and i think that taught me so much on how to move forward in different different sets moving forward and another person uh little derek is one of my favorite people to work with and a close friend of mine why he's one of my favorite artists to work with because he really trusts me you know what i mean mm. and you know he might walk on a set i remember we were doing the what happened to virgil video and uh he walked on the set and we just did this whole this whole uh art build you know we built that that sunken home um from, uh, the louis vuitton show yeah from, yeah. The, from uh his uh virgil's last louis vuitton show and like the the wardrobe for this scene was very very important and i'd like you know i'll always go into the arts dressing room before a scene and like i'll make some recommendations or i'll really be like you know I, I really think this is the perfect outfit and he came out in an outfit and i was like i was like oh my god this is just not this this just doesn't fit you know and uh we did one take. I let him see it, and I was like, "Yo, I just pulled him aside. I was like, I really need you to trust me. Like, we we need to change into a, a, a different outfit." And uh, he said, "No problem." You know what I mean? And he felt comfortable in that outfit that he came up in, and I have to respect that too. But I also need to fight for like what's going to look best on on screen. Yeah. And uh, I just love an artist who can you know understand that too, and and uh, you know, because there's a lot of pride and ego that come with 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 being you know just being in the creative space too you know yeah if you feel connected to something you want to fight for that so just having that collaborative relationship um in every element of the creative is important you've also worked repeatedly with uh with yachty mm-hmm. it's like what is someone what does someone like yachty bring to the table someone that i think his creativity is sort of like you can see it in so many different iterations of who he is mm-hmm. it's not just in his music it's in his dress it's the way mm-hmm. he interacts with people what is something that he brings to uh the music video collaboration oh, i love working with yachty um the two ones that we've done over the past year, literally, the they're both run and gun shoots, um, and it was themed. We shot them each in like two, three hours, and uh, he was literally in his hotel. Or he one of the times he flew to Chicago to meet me out there, and I was like, just come out in something fun, wear something <laughs> fun. And I know I could tr- lean on Yachty for that, you know, because he's so tapped into the fashion sense of things. So, you know, his wardrobe really, you know, is something that I can build the video around. You know, like this last video we just did for Poland. Um, I, I built the whole color grade around what he was wearing. You know yeah, what I mean? And the like, greens, the blues. Yeah, like go with those cooler tones. The first video we had did, or the the video before that rather, uh, he came to Chicago. He's wearing a, a blue and red striped uh, sweater with a scarf headpiece and 
uh, we walked around the city and we found uh, buildings that that complemented his outfit. You know what I mean? Like that's the fun thing about working with Yachty is he really he's been through so many different layers of his career, but he really understands the DIY like run and gun style concepts. So like we've been able to have fun and like mix all these different worlds together. So I, I love working with Yachty. Do you have moments where you're working with someone who's uh, maybe more established or you know is more veteran in their space and the DIY style is sort of like they're trying to wrap their heads around it. They might be used to like the full trailer, the craft services, the like three day yeah. music video shoot. Um, and what's that? Yeah, well, it, it's 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 interesting because you know now since I've done so many of both sides of it, it's like you know an artist will come to me like, oh, we're looking for this, we're looking for that. It's funny because you know I mentioned the Godzilla video with Eminem earlier. Eminem had wanted to do something for a couple of years and he wanted me to come up the street to Detroit because, you know, in Chicago, he wanted me to come up the street to Detroit with my camera and we just shoot a run and gun video in like a warehouse or something. So when they brought me Godzilla, they were looking for more of a run and gun style video. But I just saw something completely different for yeah. it. I was like, you know, this is this is M. This is fun. Like there's a lot of layers of this song to really get creative with it. So I'd fleshed out, you know, like a seven, eight page uh, treatment, just all words. And I sent it over to him. And they're like, you know, we were really expecting a different direction. Like, we thought we were just going to be more of a running gun style video, but we love it. And this is how we're going to do it, you know. Um, so you never really know what you're going to walk into. But I, I feel like I'm pretty adaptable in, in different situations. Um, but I am getting to a point where I, I do like getting my ideas on the screen more so. I mean, I've mm-hmm. been doing the running gun style for so long. You know, I want to move into the narrative space and do things beyond just music videos. Today's price. <laughs> Yesterday's price. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Cole's had enough. Yeah. You right but, it, but it's fun, too, and some videos still call for that. Like the Poland video I just did with Yachty, you know, I don't think it would have made sense to do, like, some crazy extensive concept for that. Like, it, may, it was a minute and 20-second song. Like, let's just go have fun. And you there's know? a world where, like, sometimes not the, like, the idea of the song is so ambiguous mm-hmm. that it's like, if you throw a theme on it, sometimes I, I, there's a world where you could step on the song, right? Or, yeah. or, like, almost point it to specifically in a direction, right? Yeah. Yeah. There's a perfect balance of, like, not thinking too much and, and, and thinking just the right, like, you just gotta, you just gotta go with your gut on things. And I think there's been a lot of situations where I thought too much about something and I tried to add too much of a concept or, you know, just, just try to dial something in a couple steps too far and I missed the mark, you know, where if I would have just, you know, came with a more simple approach, it would have been more beneficial. Going back to Dirk, I think my least favorite video of all time, one of them is this video called Green Light. I just missed it. You know, I just missed on the concept, like everything. It just wasn't, it wasn't right. And I mentioned it to Dirk and another reason, you know, why Dirk is so great to work with. He's like, man, we were just experimenting. Like people just weren't ready for that. You know what I mean? We we're just uh-huh. trying something new, you know, but he never once looked down on that project. Like he's so embrace it to all these different ideas but you know that goes to say sometimes you're just gonna miss you know and i've i've had my fair share of those and i learned from them and it's exciting to to know that we're we're learning always you know yeah just in your own personal like because you guys see this actually happen on set is less about what the audience sees um most iconic moments on set like oh i'm gonna remember this forever or no one knows this for you i mean i don't know like what what video you want to pick from? Like, <laughs> you know, I have a question to ask you too. After you, yeah, the 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 not to cut you off, but the 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 corn video that you had. Oh wow, that's crazy. That's the like, of the game. Huh? Yeah, like the versatility there. Like the corn thing would be. I mean, remember that movie Chicken yeah. Little? 
where the sky falls. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Corn, what? Corn and chicken little? And there's this cartoon where this kid is outside, this little chicken, and a piece of the sky falls and breaks. And behind the blue sky is like nighttime or what? There's something behind, like, clear they're they're in some kind of Truman show. I I came from that generation where you find a theme, and that's the theme for the video. Yeah. You know what I mean? Even if the theme is a bunch of different little videos— but that was really, that was still part of my thinking that, you know, Hotline Bling is clear. Anytime you turn on Hotline Bling, you know what it is. Anytime you turn on, like, falling, it's just, here's here's what we're, here's what it's about. I did a video for this rapper named Tracy Lee and Buster Rhymes, a remix, mm. right? I was like, it was like 99, 98, and it's a disaster. It's a disaster. But it said, leadership-wise, I could not control this set. Um, I just felt, it was so new and everyone else was so experienced, I've, couldn't stand up from I just it was just too big when I did my little videos and we're all kind of on the same level I had no problem but now I couldn't do it big fucking disaster go home and I call hype and I'm lucky to have this kind of mentor two things he told me that stuck with me is that feeling that you suck is the enemy you have to fight that feeling right and then the second was that a video needs to be about something and then first thing what do you mean everything needs to be a storyline but you don't do storylines all the time I don't I didn't understand that at first and then it clicked it might be about the sets it might be about the light it might be about the colors it might be a what it's about to you the audience may not get it and that's fine but as a director you know you need to know what it's about right and whatever that about is to you it could be the theme or the story or whatever but you find that about and that's that's when it all started to click and then that's it if for me a performance video is you pick you make the environment and it's versions of that environment or it's, you know I mean? That's, it might be old school now, but that's what, that was what worked for me in, in, in the, in the videos I was making. It was all very clear. It just wasn't a bunch of random stuff. All right. If you think like Sean Paul, give me the light. Yeah. It's about sets that light up. That's a joint, man. Like, <laughs> you know? Iconic, man. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and that it might even be my, like what no one knows. Like, just through the serendipity of it all, that there's no way. We shot that out in Canada. I had changed production companies, so they're trying to impress me. So they really got for the 100-something grand they spent, probably a two hundred, three hundred thousand dollars $300,000. Like, they just, just the way the universe aligned for them to get that thing. And then that, and that speaks again to what the power of music videos back then. That song was on the radio in New York a lot. It's, it still is. But back then, I mean, it was, yeah, it was no one was calling Sean Paul. Like, Give Me the Light was a, a hit within the community. Yeah. Hip-hop, reggae, New York, they played that on the radio. Yeah. Then we made the video, and that made it to 106 and Park, and that was that moment of the right record in the right context, giving a Jamaican artist a North American hip-hop video with these Toronto kids that are from the West Indies but still dancing all in it but still American but also West Indian so they had that great little flavor and everything just came and aligned the right way and not only blew up Sean Paul for a moment that we had this said a reggae. whole subject that said everything right yeah. that was like the form like that whole summer the next summer I mean you're right because I grew up in uh, New Jersey so we got High 97 those records would live there but you're right there was this whole era of like yo we're gonna bring in like dance hall videos we're gonna bring Caribbean videos like it launched the whole it launched the whole thing that, that's shit a, I don't know if that could ever I don't know what version of that is now, but that was very specific to music videos, television, music video channels, hot, not, uh, what is a 106 in Park, yeah. like all these things combined just to make that, that one right click and make the, and make it jump. But like I said, y'all, we in another time now, that's fine. But that, my, from memory, that might be one of the big That's ones. crazy. Um, I feel like you probably talked about it in nauseam, but like Hotline Bling, 
I feel like there's a moment like we, it was like almost like the moment people saw it on the outside, like, okay, this is going to be a hit. They liked the song, but the video did that thing. It pushed it somewhere different. But for Drake, it felt like there was this like, he was like that weird thing where like, he's a rapper. Should he take himself too seriously? Should he not take himself too seriously? And that was like the moment where like, it aligned with how he actually seems like he is. Where like, Drake likes the memes. And he started to like, we started to see the Drake machine like yeah. reveal itself. What were those conversations like, not just thematically what the video is going to be about, but what you guys wanted the video to mean for him? He had, like, I have these memories of that because there's a lot of times, like, his manager, Oliver, called me like, oh, we like to come up with the ideas, but this time, you know, we'll let you, but we like, give me the like. So coming up with this idea, and then he had these ideas about dancing and the type of dancing and the references he sent me and them coming together. But on actually, I think the main thing, what we were saying before about the edit, I cut a video. The first edit of that was very kind of standard. He's rapping, and then he's not rapping, and we see the dancers, and now he's rapping, and we see him again, and here's a shot that's, it's okay performance, but look at the set. You know what I mean? Like, th that kind of stuff. And then he came in, and, you know, we actually sent the editor to him, right? This nice little commercial editor girl gets sent to Drake's house. <laughs> you know, so, put her in a room, and they start working. And he sends back, and... All that stuff was gone, and the focus was all on performance. Not so much I look good or I don't like my, just like this is fun, that this is the cool little, like it was still in the philosophy of what's right for the project. What's, it's just the fun overtook it, the performance overtook it. And I even started to take that into my things, that the performance overrides, that really cool shot. There's a shot for Hotline Bling that's not in the cut. Where the where the you see the entire remember the stairs he's on with the mm -hmm. box above him where all those lights change it goes from white to pink and it's amazing big wide beautiful it's not in it because he's like doing some dance move for that exact and the performance wins right and just doubling down on that and that's even something hype was about when I think back on being in the edit with hype the performance that little step that Mace might do with his feet or all these little these little things that are way more important than the perfect shot and all that because people don't care. People don't, the, the, the audience doesn't, they, they, they register big, beautiful cinematics on a subconscious level. The back of their brain says, okay, this looks expensive. But they're conscious like, oh my God, or did you see that? And the thing that makes them get excited, it's in the performance. It's, it's in the human moments, Damn. right? What trick can you do for yourself that will bring that emotion out, yeah. right? But as directors, we have to be that one. Right, like what can what can we do? This is the jazz level of every. There's a jazz level to everything. Yeah, but this is a again. It just how you're talking to your actors. What can you do to make things involuntary? Right. What how what can you do to inspire all all these parts of the game? And then we got to go do that through the crew, all the way through. Yeah. Right. The way you talk to your DP, the way you talk to art, all all this stuff matters. Right. And make it fun and still lead and get things done on time. And like it's 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 a we, we wear a lot of hats. We wear a lot of hats. But and it's all towards we're the we're the pit crew. Mm. You know what <laughs> I mean? And they're the race car driver. Damn. I'm curious for you all. Um just sort of looking out like throughout like the whole like library work you've done, what do you feel like is there a specific project that's taught you a lot specifically? Like you're like, Oh, I like I came back and I learned this, whether it is like, oh, I learned like, oh, how to get performance out of someone. You know, or I learned, um, I don't know, maybe not keeping time, but like, you know, is there a specific one you're like, this is the one I learned a lot? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think for me, when I did, um, when I did Old Town Road, like, I think I got, they sent me the song before, like, it had, like, blown up online. Mm -hmm. And they were like, yo, this is Kid from Atlanta who has, like, a country song, like, write a treatment for it. 
I was like, yo, what the fuck is this, bro? Like, this like is crazy. Yeah, like, like this yeah. is like, what, what am I doing? Like, this isn't real. And then I remember, like, I hadn't worked. I just got married. So I was, like, away from doing videos for, like, three months. I was like, fuck it. I need to do a job. Let me just write a treatment. If I'm going to do this, I'm going to do it exactly how I want to do it. Mm-hmm. And so, like, I just, like, start thinking, like, I had I don't, I don't even know how I got to the concept, but it was just like, this is what's going to happen. Like, I don't care if they don't like it. Let me just get back in the habit of writing treatments and, like, putting myself back out there. And then it turned out to be Old Town Road. And so I think it just kind of taught me to, like, you know, follow your gut as far as what you think a video should be versus, like, what you think, like, the world is expecting, right? Because obviously, like, that video, people probably expected, like, to see some crazy, elaborate, like, you know, high-profile high video. Even though it was that, it was a different tone, you know what I'm saying? It was more grounded. It was more, you know, like like we reference Atlanta a lot, you know? Yeah, like yeah. The, the, the One of the original ideas was, like, what if there was an episode of Atlanta where, like, a cowboy from the past came back to the hood, and, like, we just took that and, like, made a video out of it. So I think, like, just, like, trusting your gut and, like, doing what you feel is right and not thinking about, like, you know, like you said, for uh, for, for Wok, for, uh, for Yachty, like or Poland, whatever, yeah, like, I think, like, people probably expected to see him in Poland with, like, a, a big, <laughs> you know, jug and, like, you know, dancing, you know what I'm saying? But, like, to do what you felt, you know, was more natural, I think that's what people respect more, and, like, that's what becomes more iconic in the long run. Yeah. One that's fresh on my mind is uh, the Blink-182 video I just did. That's fire. Well, I did it while I was in New York. We shot Poland in New York, and that came from, I was in Chicago. I'm on the phone with Yachty. He's like, come to New York, let's shoot Poland tomorrow. Cool. I'm in Poland. Or I'm not in Poland. I'm in New York. <laughs> I'm in Poland. Uh, anyway, uh, sometime in this mix of things, uh, I get worried about the Blink-182 video. I'm like, oh, it's amazing. They're like, but yeah. we need to shoot it on Monday, and he's come out on Friday. And keep in mind, Poland's, Poland's going crazy. I'm mm. shooting that in this that day, and that needs to come out in the next three days, too. Damn. You know, so I'm like... And I, to, I need to shoot the Blink-182 video in L.A., and I'm in New York six hours, you know, for, uh, across the whole country. So I'm like, yes. You know, I don't know how, but yes, <laughs> you know what I mean? And uh, I wrote a treatment, and I sent it, and Travis Barker calls me. He's like, yo, this is perfect. Like, I've, a lot of treatments have come in. They just weren't right. Like, everyone's trying to, you know, recreate old Blink moments. Like, this is the one I love. Let's run it. I'm like, oh, shit, cool. Like, let's go. And uh, everything was falling through, like, our locations because we were trying to, you know, source a circus location. We couldn't get permit. Like, there was so—we were going through, you know, up until the day before, there was a moment where it wasn't going to happen, you know, because we lost our location because we couldn't get permits. We had a problem with with the the site rep. Anyway, we shot that video, um, and we got a little bit caught behind schedule, and there's a few things we could have did differently. Um, You know, the schedule was a little bit— a little bit backwards but you know we shot these interior scenes in this tent that we really should have saved for the end of the day and we should have you know focused on getting all of our daylight scenes and uh you know that video I'm not particularly happy with um you know but then I look at the situation I'm like you know what it happened very last minute we pulled everything we could together and in a lot of scenarios it really shouldn't have even happened but you you did it all odds were against us yeah I was thankful for that and I think I was looking at it so much from a standpoint of like what it could have been or how I was envisioning it but you know when you have an idea that you really love you have to understand that you know there's a certain amount of work that goes into pulling that off you know we needed more pre-production time to to prepare for that shoot you know it came together in two days you know it had to come out three days later four days later um, so I'm like really in my head about it. And Travis calls me. He's like, yo, this is my favorite Blink video of all time. <laughs> I was like, that's crazy to hear. Um, 
and it made me it, it that made me happy but still to this day I'm like thinking about it like man like I, if I could go back there's a few things I would do differently in the day you know schedule wise yeah. or like be more aware of certain things you know the sun's dropping like I should really focus on these you know these hero performance scenes outside that are going to be, you know, the glue of the entire video instead of, you know, fighting the sun coming down and every performance shot we get, you know, is going to look completely different because the sun is dropping, you know, minute by minute. So, you know, I just, I just learned to be more aware of everything going on from, from that shoot. But, you know, I understand the circumstances that, that went into it. And, uh, you know, there's, I think that also in the edit, you know, there's, three band members in, in Blink-182. And, uh, and you know, there was one note from one of the band members at, at the end of the video. I had this one scene of uh, all these dead bunnies and it's this slow pull out. It's probably like a six to eight second shot. And uh, we shot it on a, on a techno crane and uh, the note came in like three times. Like, yeah, we need to splice this up with some performance right here at the end. And I was like, guys, like, I just can't do it. Like, I need this shot to look like this. Like, I'm... I'm so married to this shot looking like this. Like, just give me this one thing. You know what I mean? Because yeah. then I'm going to never be able to live this video down. Like, <laughs> I, I, this is the one thing I need. And we came to that compromise. But it's, you know, fighting for what you love and, and, and you know, collaborating I think the best it's, I you think can. It's, it's also, like, realizing that our, our um, okay or mm-hmm. our, like, uh, iffy is, like, some people's perfect. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So like, I mean, there's definitely been times where like you have a shot list of like, like you want to do a, a one or whatever. And then yeah. like, I mean, I, I did a video for Anderson Pack, um, Come Down and it was supposed to be like this continuous one mm-hmm. throughout the whole video. And, you know, we did like maybe like three out of the eight, like, mm-hmm. you know, vignettes in that one I damn near cried on set because I'm just like, oh, shit, like, it's ruined. Like, we can't do it. <laughs> yeah. But then we just, like, take him outside, put him in front of a car, mm-hmm. let him perform for, like, the last 15 minutes and then, like, splice that in between the three scenes that we have yeah. and people love it. You know what I mean? So I think, like, obviously it wasn't the perfect video, but... You guys have both worked with Kendrick at different points in his career. Um, but Kendrick, when you work with him, it comes with a collaborator. You get Dave free, right? It's like the little homies. Um, what's that like? It's like uh, one Dave to me has jumped out as his own visual artist in a way that's like he's having he's having some really great moments visually. But what's that like working with Kendrick so so closely and also like for big projects like uh, what's it, to pimp a butterfly? Um, I mean, it was a it was a fun one. That that one. I mean, Dave is there. He's he's part of the process. Mm-hmm. You know, you're you're conferring with him. He's there with. He has ideas on set. I'm a bit of a whirlwind when it gets crazy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So sometimes I just uh, just take it and take control and just do, do what needs to be done. But um, Dave's incredible. Great ideas. Look at the work he's doing. Yeah. On his own, you know, it's amazing. What I do remember from that shoot. More, there you go. There's a <laughs> a set. Uh, we shot that at the Compton Swap Meet. Um, and this before they're going to tear it down. So it's like a Walmart, right? And turn into a Walmart. It's disgusting. So it's the last anything that's going to go down the Compton swap meet, and during the day, everyone's coming out. Just people are kind of people are in their nurses' uniforms. Just people kind of seen it. You saw it during the day. It's this big loving. Like everyone's out there having a good time. It's great. Nighttime comes and Kendrick gets up there and starts performing. It immediately turns. <laughs> <laughs> the moment the sun went down, that shit was like we got like one or two takes, and the cops are like, okay. You got to wrap this up right now. Yeah, 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 yeah. It got it got real Compton, real <laughs> real quick with the sunlight. You know what I mean? 
But uh, yeah, I remember I remember that clearly from that shoot. And I love shout out Day Free. I'm curious for you, like seeing some of those early elements, right? Like early, early Kendrick, yeah. and watching him. You know, videos is such a staple of his career and his um and his artistry, and watching how he's grown that over time and working with someone like Dave as well. Yeah, I mean it's funny because when I did the video, when I did, you know, I think I did maybe three videos off of um what was that first project? Not Section Eighty. Or it might have been Section Eighty. Overly dedicated. Overly dedicated. Yeah. yeah, I did. I did like a couple songs back then. I don't think Dave was even doing videos. Mm. I think he might have done like a couple of little like teasers or something like that. I think he did like the Heart Part One, yeah, which is yeah, so crazy yeah. in hindsight thinking about the Heart Part Five yeah. and the growth from there. <laughs> but um. I think what I what I remember back then with Kendrick and Dave is that they were just students and they were just like soaking up all the information. You know what I mean? So like, you know, we you think you might think he's just like sitting back being the manager, but he's watching the cameras, looking at the DPs, like figuring out how things work. I think I remember one time, um, like the monster video, the monster freestyle that I shot, like we edited that, we edited that in Dave's mom's kitchen. Like, I had my laptop, and he was just there, like, watching me edit. You know what I mean? So I think, you know, I think over the years, like, when you look at Kendrick and Dave's progression artistically, it's just a sum of, like, all their, all their inspiration, all their references, and all the other amazing, you know, creators that they surrounded themselves with. And, like, it's them kind of showing off what they learn. And in, in turn, like, they're kind of creating new moments and new ideas for, like, the next generation to, you know, feed off of. When I look at the roster of just immense talents he's worked with, uh, you all included, it's like, it's a masterclass of just being able to learn on the ground. Like, if you ever yeah. wanted an apprenticeship, it's like, yo, you get to pick from the best and be like, all right, well, I'm going to learn from you, 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 you. Exactly. And it's having all these moments. And they're also, all the works are different and varied. Mm-hmm. Is there a music video that you all shelved that you wish saw the light of day? <laughs> like, artist and song, and it's like, it didn't come out for whatever reason. Uh, the artist had a different way. Maybe they went different director, whatever it is. But, like, it's when you're like, I wish people could see this shit. I mean, I wish I could even tell you about it. <laughs> <laughs> I, got, I got one. I did, I did a video for the Black Panther soundtrack for Paramedic with SOB and RBE and Kendrick Paramedic. I did that video. We shot it in Vallejo. I don't know why it didn't come in. I do know why it didn't come out, but at the time I was like, why isn't this coming out? But, you know, it was just me experimenting with different ideas. We just kind of went to Vallejo and just kind of did like a run and gun thing. Um, which, what's interesting about that is like the concept from the Vince Staples video, the Google Maps, mm -hmm. it was... That was initially the concept for the, the SOB video, but it wasn't as elaborate. It was like, let's just go out there and take some fake Google Maps pictures of like, you know, these dudes in these crazy neighborhoods. And so, you know, that video never, you know, came out. So we just kind of took that idea and like elaborated and put steroids on it. And we got the Vince video. So, I mean, it's dope, too. We shot it on film, like Damn. running gun, like, you know, dope performances, all kinds of shit. But it just just never came out, man. Yeah. Uh, 2017, I did a Migos video for Out Your Way off, it was, I think that was Culture 2. Quavo hit me, but I had like $3,500 in my bank account. Hmm. And uh, I was in my apartment in Chicago. He's like, come down there tomorrow. I booked my flight. I got a hotel. Um, I booked uh, Studio Space Atlanta. If you guys have been this iconic, uh, just studio warehouse, uh, film warehouse. Booked that. I get there. I don't even know if, the, you know what I'm saying? I'm just talking to Quavo on, on DM stuff. I haven't <laughs> spoke to a, a manager. I'm not yeah. in contact with any label, which is me and my camera. I went out there, literally. I brought my camera, a tripod, and my Ronin. My Ronin wasn't working, so I set that off to the side. I was like, it's just me handheld and, you know, tripod shots, like, in this in this warehouse. And uh, a few hours go by. 
all the Migos show up. And uh, I'd rented uh, at Studio Space. You could rent these like seven, eight foot letters for like $150 a piece. So I, I got culture. So how many letters that is. And you know what I'm saying? So I'm running into like what I have in my bank account between the flight, the hotel. You know what I mean? This these space, letters. everything. Yeah. These letters. Shoot the video. And uh, went on my way. I went back home to Chicago. And uh, I went to Texas and then Chicago. And I remember editing like, I probably did like 10 different versions of this music video you know what i mean i'm like only getting like i'm only in contact with quavo and i'm getting feedback like every like five days you know what i mean they're small notes so i scrapped it i was i, I couldn't even tell you how many hours i put in this video but uh you know i thought for me that was going to be like my moment you know oh, amigos yeah. were the biggest thing in the world i'm this you know i'm just th this kid with the camera you know what i mean like starting to get a little bit of recognition but i was like this is big you know this is really really big for me but you know that's one that I wish could have saw the light of day, but I learned so much from that man, and I'm just thankful for that whole process. So, I'm, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have rather it went any other way. I think if it did come out, maybe my story in in that sense would have started too soon. Oh. I needed to kind of, mm. you know, go back through and, and keep keep working and keep learning. You know, it, it allowed me to, you know, continue being a student because you know I, I needed to do that, and I still am that today. There was an interview you did where you said hype Williams is like a. Um you said he was like an adjective, right? Like that. Yeah, he's an adjective in the in the game. Um, hmm. And that's for so many reasons, right? Like just, it feels like everything he did was signature, you know? His lighting, his coloring, uh, even just the, the selection of artists that he picked in the time that he arrived in music videos. I think there's so many um, visual artists with that, like what, what Hype Williams does is their language, is their like, it's on their mood board. How do you describe what you do? Like what's your, what's your signature? Like what's your like, what is the what is the director X video? What is the oh, Calmatic video? And what is the Cole video? A lot of it. I mean, let's start with hype for a second. Let's give flowers, right? Yeah. Like hype, hype was the was a first on the directing side of things. He was the first one for people to say, "Oh, that's part of hip hop." Yeah, right. Mm -hmm. He's from Queens, from Jamaica, Queens. He has a hip hop name. He's Hype Williams, right? And then as well, it was groundbreaking brand new always fresh always something like changing how things are done like a, a, an iconic always iconic and represented when you saw that wide-eyed wide lens and you the and that you know kino flow ring light that's just blasting light you knew you're watching a hip-hop video yeah you knew like it, those sets those forced perspective sets and then he would flip it and go to something else and go to something else right so as far as his moment was big and when it happened right around that bad boy era yeah when hip hop was everything was elevating right hip hop was coming this kind of pop but it wasn't pop like you had to be corny anymore you could still be you the, the whole thing was hitting the mainstream in a big way he's a big part of those visuals and, and how that impacted so you know I don't think any the just game the game would not be the game without Hype Williams in that moment in, in it and I think that goes beyond just visuals, man. It's just the way that in which like we treat the culture and the way in which like the culture, the respect is earned. And um, yeah, I mean, you can get into all the partnerships that you and Ambrose, like the styling. There's so many people that are born in that idea. And I think for so many of us, like, you know, um, how many moments of your life have you imagined as a Hype Williams video, right? Where it's like, you imagine like the best version of anything you're doing. You're like, it's a Hype Williams video. <laughs> for sure. Right? Like it's if you imagine motion. yourself like shooting a game, winning shots, <laughs> Hype Williams video. Yep. You imagine yourself getting married. It's like, it's, 
it's the standard of like, oh, this is the best version of it. Don't even mention Belly. Like, the Belly mm-hmm. scenes. Like, come on, bro. I, I get in the big thing about <laughs> Belly because there's like the film critic idea of what Belly is. And I think Belly is one of the most important films. It's one of my favorites. It's one of the most, has some of the most catchphrases. Belly works so well if released today because it does all the things sure. and it's set up for the medium from screenshots, mood board, catchphrases, memes, like, and it's still beautiful and still ahead. Like, it's, um, I'm, I'm like a belly, like, advocate. Like, if anyone says it, you don't count now. <laughs> like, if you say some shit, you're over here, and that's cool, but you're not over here with it. Um, but back to you guys, signature style. And if you, it might be kind of hard talking about yourself in that way, but, like, what is a, what is a Director X video? What is a Calmatic video? What is a Cole video? And it might not even just be visually. What is it to you when you, you're making that thing? I don't, I don't know if I guess what exactly. Like, I think of, for me, I think about the sets I build, mm-hmm. right? That was so much a part of what I did. I think about, you know, taking a good R&B song and giving it a storyline that will just break your heart. <laughs> more fucking, you got it bad, Usher or yeah. Donald Jones, where I want to be. Wait, you did that? I did that, bro. That's crazy, bro. Break your heart. I'm good with a good, I did Deborah Cox and RL. <laughs> We can't be friends. You know what I'm saying? And um, I did a video for Case, Mm. Happily Ever After, early in my career, right? And this is, again, this is old school record label, like Def Jam when they had their own building on Varick Street. I'm up in the office. It's Lior Cohen and the product. Everyone, we're all in this room together discussing the video, and Lior comes up with the idea. (laughs) Goes, okay, this girl's coming home from work, and she's having a horrible day, and then she comes into her apartment, and there's flowers. And then she opens up the card. It says, go outside. And she goes outside, and there's a car service waiting for her, and it takes her to a store, and these people dress her in a beautiful dress. And then the car service takes her to this beautiful building, and she walks in, and there's a ring waiting for her. Right? And I do this video. With Case and Beyonce's in the video. Beyonce plays the girl. Okay. And, uh, you know, we shoot the video, comes home, the flowers and all this stuff. And we do it. And I'm, before the video comes out, I'm like, wow, my career's over. <laughs> this video is so corny. This is flowers and then the car and then the rango. This video is so cheesy, so corny. I'm done. It was, I didn't even get a chance. <laughs> I barely got to really be in the game. You know, I'm, and then the video comes out and everyone loves it. I mean, like thugs, like yo, ex. <laughs> have you have an after joint? Yo, that's crazy. My, I'm, <laughs> oh shit. Yeah. Right? And that and that's what clued into me. Corny works. Over the top works. When it comes to romance, when it comes to those storylines. And that's why Donald Jones is Donald Jones banging on the window. He's having dinner with Conk and I. He just comes down there and happily ever after they're breaking plates and crying and ushered singing in the rain. And look, yeah, yo, yeah. I, I got I, I got Ray J singing in the rain. <laughs> Out front her window. You know what I'm saying? Like that's when it hit me. Like, yes, you go all the way, all the all way, way cornball over the top. When it comes to this, these love songs and this R&B shit, you go, I go all the way in. And that was the big, wow. that's the thing that clicked. And that's what I put it. So between those two worlds, like sets mm-hmm. and corny over the top R&B singing in the rain, that's, that's me. It's funny, uh, before we get to y'all, it's just like when you hear the R&B conversations today and everyone's like, is R&B dead? What they're talking about is that there's not, that's not there. That's very crazy. Um, yeah, we can get, uh, offline. We should talk about how hip hop took over. Everyone's still you're singing thugs. Everyone's doing the same. Yeah, it's yeah, a, even the singers are fucking hip hop artists now. You know what I mean? They're all rappers. It's like yo, they can any one of them can come on the show right now. It's rap caviar. They make perfect sense here. <laughs> um, for you all, like 
your signatures or what it is to like, you know, what it is, what is it to have a, a, a cold video or, or a Calmatic video? Man, that's a tough one. I mean, I don't, I don't really know. I mean, I would say like what inspires me the most when I make videos, I think like, I, I love images. I love like, you know, photo books. I love like Tumblr pages and I'm just like obsessed with references. I got like a million folders, like upon folders upon folders of just like filled with just random references. And like these references are just images that like strike some kind of emotion out of me, whether it be like intrigue, like what is this? What, what time period is this? Or like, what are these guys doing? Like, who are these skaters? Like, who are these, you know, artists, whatever. And I try to like, like take that image and like bring it to life. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I think a lot of my videos are just like really based off of like a reference image. And I kind of create a story based on this image. I could be completely wrong about, you know, what the backstory to that image is, but that inspires like a whole new world of ideas and possibilities on the camera. So I think like, um, references is just my that's just my shit like <laughs> I also have a it's funny because I have I have a one word for each one of you also it's funny hearing you guys explain your joints I want to hear <laughs> yours too um, mine I feel like color palette like colors for me mm. mean a lot because they evoke so much emotion and can mean so many different things and that's kind of what you were saying you know hype gave you that piece of advice of like you know it needs to mean something and not necessarily from a, a standpoint of you know concept or storyline but it can mean so many different things. You know, a video can mean so many different things through different imagery and, you know, for colors, you know. And I think color palettes are really exciting to me because, you know, if you look into the art of colors, you know, they all have different meanings and, and they, they, they cater to different emotions. So, you know, a lot of times when I'm writing a treatment, you know, I'll speak on a color palette, but I'll go in depth on why I'm choosing this color palette. You know, I want to give this emotion. This This represents this, you know, and I think, you know, my style as I keep, you know, exploring it, that's what I that's what I want to continue to tell is that there's so many different pieces that mean different things that, you know, you wouldn't know after one watch, you know, and I think could be interpreted in many different ways. But yeah, for me I'd say color palette is is a big part of my style. It's funny because when I looked at all y'all's I can't color, I can't give everybody color, but all you guys do playing color so crazy and also very differently. For yours I thought it was just like, um, you've you've saturated this era. There's a generation of like I think there's a marker for kids or any artist to be like, I need that video, you know, um, they, they feel like that's like a big piece of their career, you know, or they're like, I'm working up to get that right. For yours, I always thought like, you never do sad shit. Your shit always has a lot of fun and a lot of humanity into it. And even when you did, um, I want to get the song right. It's like entrepreneur Pharrell song. It was everybody like, I don't, I don't think Tyler smiled, but it's okay. We just know he's happy. But like everyone else, there was like a, there was a happiness into it that isn't really a part of the song. The song's about like, you know, progression and, you know, like uh, uh, aspirational, but that doesn't always feel happy for people. And there's like, there's a happiness across like all the stuff you did. For yours, again, it's like super color for you, right? But I just thought it was always energy, right? Like there was an energy to everything you did. And when I think about Hotline Bling, it's funny because it's not the most, in it. Jake's not dancing crazy, but it's like even subdued energy and getting him to dance and stuff like that opened up energy for him that's like it's he's kept it forever since then right like that wasn't really in the videos before it's not it was rapper energy mm -hmm. you gave him like a, a a register that he could sit at um and he's like lived in for a long time you know like certified lover boys like that's that energy and then some some of the rapper shit in there too so <laughs> so just real quick around what's a favorite video that isn't your own one that you did not work on but you're like ah, that's my shit 
I'm not the one. One of my favorites. It's not even not even a question. No, there's no like. Gosh, I wish I did that. It's, it's not possible. Uh, George Michael, Freedom, directed by David Fincher. That's the one with all the supermodels. George mm. Michael's not in it. Y'all, <laughs> y'all don't know this video. No, I got it. Oh my God, y'all know David Fincher. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Let's be clear about something. David Fincher's always been the best. Mm-hmm. He's the best at videos. He's the best in commercials. He's the best with the movies. He's the best. He's always been the best. And that video is probably one of his best. And this was in a moment. You're talking, we've been talking about these moments that aren't around anymore. There's a moment where there was a little group of women that were supermodels, truly supermodels. Everyone knew who they were. They're in all the magazines. It was really, it was something special. And George Michael is not in the video. It's all these supermodels singing his song and shot by David Fincher. And it's one of the best videos. It belongs in a museum. I'm not playing with you at all. It needs to be preserved. It needs to be in the Smithsonian or something like that. But yeah, George Michael Freedom is one of, one of my favorite, one of the best videos of all time. Yeah, I think um, I think mine, it might be random, but it's, um, it's two videos. It's Solange's videos for... Um, don't touch my hair mm. and cranes in the sky. Mm. Like I feel like when I first saw those videos, like I didn't even run it back right away because I wanted to like hold on to that feeling of like watching it for the first time. Like I didn't want to watch it again so I could like you know like fuck up that memory. You know what I'm saying? I think the composition, uh, the colors, like I feel like they kind of ushered in a video, kind of ushered in a new aesthetic for like the movement, quote unquote, and like yeah. how we look at black art and how mm. we perceive ourselves. Um, and I just feel like, you know, just kind of hearing a story about how she like traveled across country and just like pulled over and was like, let's shoot a scene here. Let's fly to another country. Let's shoot a scene here. Let's go to UK. Let's go to the UK to, to do a scene with Sampha. Let's fly back to Texas. I feel like it was just like a perfect video and it kind of, you know, just, just show what was possible with like, you know, R&B or, you know, whatever that, alternative you know soul sound yeah. um, was at the time so yeah those are my two i have two as well uh one of which is a video called buzz cut it's by brock hampton and uh mm. danny brown man they, they displayed like this low poly cgi animation and tied it into these you know these performance scenes of, of brock hampton and danny brown and it just gives you a feeling it's like what am i even watching it actually reminds me of um like from like 90s like early 90s like euro pop like early cgi stuff which takes me to another favorite uh-huh. of mine which would be uh uh move your body by uh, eiffel 65 it's fucking wacky like it's crazy but whenever i'm feeling really weird i'll just turn it on i'll be like what were they even thinking i want to jump into their minds because this is insane to me and uh i'd say those two for sure give me a feeling but since you're sitting on the couch next to me, I, I got to throw Feel That in there about Vic Mensa. You know what I mean? <laughs> Just for like Chicago, though. Like, I remember when that video came out because a lot of my favorite videos are my favorite videos because, like, I remember where I was and the feeling it gave me in that moment in time and music and culture and all these things. And, like, when you did that video with Vic, like, Vic had just broke out of Chicago, really. And that that was, like, a kind of an experimental sound for him. And that video was fun. Like, I think it starts with, like, him dropping the yeah. <laughs> in the backyard. and <laughs> Which I thought was so corny in the t- at the time. Nah, but, like, so the fact cool, that, you bro. know what like, I'm saying? I remember, like, being mesmerized by that. And just, like, <laughs> even us all being in Chicago and seeing Vic leave Chicago yeah. and just being, like, in an L.A. backyard with, like, an infinity pool. In the, but, like, and just, like, that whole concept that we were, like, <clears throat> I, for me, at least, it was, like, wow, this is groundbreaking. This is so fun. Um but yeah, those those two, and then I'll throw feel that on top. So, yeah. I'm gonna just throw mine in, even though I've never <laughs> like done this. Uh, 
it, I had to just make sure I had the name right. It's uh, Mark Classfield and it's Juveniles High. Mm. And it's like, that video is like, as a kid, I loved it for the song. I loved the way it made me feel. And as I've gotten older and become more studied in this, it's a video I go back to, I mean, monthly. And like, it's one of the ones I can watch on half speed on YouTube, watch it full frame, the, the energy. And it's like, it's the video is almost literal, but it's not. It's like, I, I don't know, man. It's like an art that, I think it does the right thing. I think what Juvenile is saying is actually really artful and really beautiful the way he's rapping. And I think the video meets him there. But if you can't, if you can't decipher that what he's doing is beautiful, the video confirms it. And it's like, it's such, it's such a good video, man. You know, what's a fun fact about that video or the director. <clears throat> he also directed Making My Way Downtown. The girl with the piano going down the street. And I'm just like, how does someone direct that video? Yeah, yeah. So it's just I think I think what's interesting about you know the quote unquote old school era of directors is how like crazy and diverse their like, you know, portfolios are. Like the fact that she did a corn video, yeah. but, yeah. Did, like, an usher, but did Usher, like what? You but, know what I'm but saying? But it's like, the, they both feel like him, yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? Like the style comes across even For though sure. he's but I think it, it I think was, it was part of what it was back then, yeah. and I mean, kind of when you get in your commercial work, yeah, it's, mm. it's your ability to make it be all right. It's black and white, her Brits inspired photography, and this one's gritty, and this one's a you know all in the dolly, and it's going to be super cinematic, and you know, uh, it's going to be one of the Scott brothers. You know what I mean? Like yeah, you're, sure. you're you're that you would the the song, your style. You weren't imposing or putting your style on top of someone's thing. You're making what you could. Yeah. work for the record like the record or at least that was always my mindset with it mm. you know what I mean and then like you said somehow you still come through people yeah. can still see you in it mm. right but it's just uh, you flip the style for what's needed we need to do a, a music video director versus <laughs> oh my god <laughs> see you know. I, I will watch that for sure bro guys that's it um, <laughs> that's, that's the whole talk man I appreciate this this is like again I wasn't I meant everything I said like the music video is one of my favorite Forms art. It combines everything I love in one thing, right? It's like the style, the visuals, um, the, you know, it's like the camera, the music, and it, it's, it's a perfect art form. I've watched it progress over the years to have you guys all here in one room. Um, I hope it's not the last time you guys are in the same room, but for me, I'll probably see you guys one-on-one, -on -one, but I don't know if this will happen <laughs> like this again. Maybe you guys can come back, but thank you guys for pulling up. And for all you guys watching, uh, make sure you guys follow for more episodes. That's it. It's Rap Caviar Podcast, and see you next week.